Because of the following special program, Wonder Woman and the Incredible Hulk will not be presented this evening. Hi, folks. It's your ever-loving, steel-belted, star-spangled sojourner on the seas of time here. The invigorating and effervescent Commander Funk. Funk. No, no, no. I'm just talking to the folks at home here. Just... Take five, guys, okay? Oh. Thanks, Crankcase. Well, anyhow, folks, I'm here today to tell you the totally righteous, pulse-pounding tale of one whacked-out Christmas Eve when Mike and Oppenheimer... What's that you say? You've never heard of Mike and Oppenheimer? Well, shiver my chromium plumage. Go back and listen to the first four episodes. I'll wait. We good? All right, then. Well, me so, compadres, it was a night in late December. A night just like tonight. And it started, as these tales so often do, with a theme song. And maybe a few extra sleigh bells. See you on the flip side. In the year 2008, in a secret underground lab beneath the Large Hadron Collider, Dr. Oppenheimer Valdini was experimenting with a way to weaponize the so-called Hadron Effect and create the most destructive force ever known to mankind. A freak accident caused the Hadron weapon to misfire, tearing a rift in the fabric of space-time, remaking our world and the parallel timelines of the multiverse into an infinite succession of horrors. Mike Wilkinson, IT guy by day and indie filmmaker by night, was snatched from his world and thrust into a terrifying dimension of madness and pseudoscience. Oppenheimer and Mike roam the multiverse, chronicling the end of all that is, desperately trying to find a way to heal the rift and restore order to the timelines, the only way they know how, by hosting a podcast. Hadron Gospel Hours, Hadron Holiday Special, written by Michael Quilkin and Richard Wentworth, with Richard Wentworth, Michael McQuilkin, Lisa McQuilkin, Michael Atkinson, Kevin Harrington, Wendy McClain, and Vera Schranken. With musical, musical guests, guests Dolphin Wolf. And now, the hour has arrived. Hadron Gospel Hours, Hadron Holiday Special. Hey, Doc, what you doing? Ah, hello, Michael. Well, Ashley and I are continuing a wintertime tradition of ours, taking a thorough inventory of the laboratory's equipment. Before the Hadron event, I used to do this every year with Esmeralda, but alas. Still, these precision instruments and highly dangerous volatile isotopes aren't going to catalog themselves, eh, Michael? Care to join? Can't see how they could, Doc, but no thanks. Looks like a real hoot, but I've got some other ideas for tonight. I was looking at the calendar, and even though you wouldn't know it from in here, it's Christmas Eve. Thought maybe I'd... Take a rift jump and get us a Christmas tree. Liven the bunker up a bit with some decoration. What? Oh, absolutely not. We have enough adorning our mid-century modern walls already. What with that man's torso and right arm sticking out That's of them. That's right, Doc. I'm one of a kind. Yes, yes, excellent. A snowflake. But wait a minute, Doc. No tree? After that cat debacle, I resolved never to bring another lower organic life form into the lab. I'm not about to reverse that decision because of some arbitrary holy day and its attendant ritual. But it's not about that. Or it doesn't have to be. Look, I'm just talking about brightening the mood in here. This time of year can get depressing for for folks, and I'm just trying to... Look, a lot of people are alone right now, and, and the holidays are about the light of friendship and, and family. You know what? I'm depressing myself now. Y- you have fun with your diodes and isotopes. I'm going for a riff jump. Please yourself. I'm about ready for dinner and bedtime. 
sorting through diodes is hungry work, Michael. Uh, the excitement never ends. Hmm. Ashley, what's on the ration pack menu for tonight? Slim pickings, I'm afraid, Dr. Oppenheimer. Tonight's ration pack features a portion of processed beef product with a synthetic mustard glaze and a side of reconstituted al dente potato. Yeah. Underdone, you mean. Oh, very well. Uh, prepare one of those. I'll go pick it up in the break room. And then it's off to a dreamless, restorative, secular slumber for me. Be careful in the rift tonight, Michael. It's crawling with unimaginable horrors. Oh, and holiday traffic can be truly gruesome. All of your vaunted last-minute shoppers. Hey, Ashley? Yes, Mike? Do you s still have the coordinates to the dimension Oppenheimer grabbed me from? My homeworld? Yes, but Mike, you know it's a... Doomed world, I know, I know. I want to try and go back there, but to an earlier time? Do you think that wise, Mike? There is the issue of potential paradoxical fallout by going back to... I'm not looking for a lecture, Ashley. I just want to visit my... Forget it. Mike, I didn't mean to... Just forget it, Ashley. There's no way you could understand anyway. AIs don't get nostalgic. Well, actually, I have several archives... It's not the same. What I have is a longing for a place that makes me happy and sad at the same time. And the potential capability to get there. No... You can help me or not, but there's one thing that's certain. I am not spending Christmas here. Coordinates retrieved. I have made adjustments. Final destination is approximately two years prior to your arrival here. Okay. That'll, that'll work. Thanks. Um, <clears throat> tell the doc... Actually, forget it. I'll, I'll just chat when, when I get back with, uh, with the tree. Of course. Wow! Haven't seen Mike act quite like that before. And all for a tree? He'll be back. Won't he? Won't he? Ashley? Well, it sure seems like Mike left in a funky huff. So funky, in fact, he neglected to take his navigational assist apparatus. Kind of a GPS belt, but for space. I know, it's technical stuff. Don't get all freaky-deaky on me now. Just keep on trucking, dig? Anyway, Mike was way off course. Crap! I am way off course. See? Just as Mike was starting to bug out to the max, he became aware of a small, glowing object nearby. An object that seemed to be following him. What the... Strange, glowing object seems to be tracking me. Okay, I'm starting to feel a little superfluous here. Stay with it, Funk. Anyhow, a beam of energy erupted from the object, engulfing Mike in a bright, funky sphere. Sheesh. Intense, huh? They just don't write them like that anymore, do they? Make a hell of a podcast. I'd totally subscribe to that and then rate and review it over at iTunes. Well, anyway, at that precise moment back at the lab, tucked all snug as a rug bug in his decidedly unfunky bed, Oppenheimer was about to have a close encounter of his own. Doc. Doc. Hey, Doc. What? Wake up, Doc. What? Who? But you're the, uh, the man in the wall. I'm the first spirit, Doc. Sent to show you scenes from your past and get you into the Christmas spirit. Of course, I'm more of a Yule guy myself, you know? As a matter of fact, the early Christians appropriate a lot of the ancient... Yes, excellent. But I'm positive you're the wall person. Nope. But you... Nuh-uh. Are you sure? And how did you get in this wall? I thought you were consigned to the hallway, um... Cyrus, Doc. And no, I'm a spirit. 
Isn't it great? We're going to see if we can't stuff a little Christmas joy into that gloomy old heart of yours. Ah, I see. This is obviously a dream brought on by that expired, undoubtedly toxic ration pack that Ashley inflicted upon me this evening. And a Christmas Carol-esque dream at that. Are the architects of my dream life so bereft of ideas that they're already resorting to such worn-out clichés? Well, I suppose I'll not derive the customary benefits engendered by a peaceful evening's rest, so lead on, uh... Spirit! Yes, lead on, spirit. Though I should warn you that as a secular humanist and a devotee of pure science, your attempts are almost certainly doomed to failure. That's the spirit, Doc! Leave the door open, right? Okay, so, if you could touch the tip of my nose with your nose, we can get this party started quickly. All right, but this is truly an unkind dream. Here we go. Well? Sorry, Doc. Takes a minute to build up the charge. Say, was there poo-poo in that ration pack you ate? Maybe a mint, Doc. You know, your zombie makeup isn't as greasy as I thought. Can we just hurry this along? Okay, I'm feeling it. Here we go! And they're off. Meanwhile, Mike emerged from the rift and was about to get hip to the identity of that groovy glowing cube. Oh, still alive. That energy field the glowing cube thing covered me with must have shielded me from the edges of the rift. Thanks, glowing cube thing. Gah! Still here. And sentient, of course. Of course. Why wouldn't I be? I'm a boson. You may call me Higsby. I'm Mike. And it looks like... Holy cow! It looks like you got me to the fire escape outside my old apartment. I recognize those old Hal Hartley movie posters. Thanks, Higsby. Also... Why are you helping me again? I was compelled to head to this timeline and I saw that you were headed in that direction, so to speak. That's a little boson humor for you. Yeah, classic. The rift represents a confluence of wormholes and fragmented time fields. Essentially, all directions at once. So to say that you were headed in any particular direction... Oh, I I get it. Don't you worry about that. I figured you did. This pleases me. I look forward to other successful comedic interactions with you, Mike. Full disclosure, however, I'm looking for something else. What's that? You see, legend has it that a boson that successfully executes a series of good deeds for another sentient creature will eventually be discovered. Maybe even cataloged. Can you imagine? So, you're helping me so you can be found by scientists somewhere? But I can see you now. Mike, we interact with things every day and don't always know exactly what we're dealing with. Or how it affects other things. I, I see what you're saying, but I guess I just don't understand how... Whoa! There she is! Who's that? That's Beth. That's my fiance. That's home. Ah. It's clear why you'd want to upgrade your relationship to fianceification status with such a creature. She is quite lovely. Thanks, Higsby. I miss her a lot. At this point, we were living together. I'm probably out pitching my independent film to some production studios in town. This was a whirlwind summer, filled with the excitement of living in the city, the promise of creative fulfillment, and a shared life with my soulmate. Oh, I, I don't know, actually. She's attaching something to my network, to, to the router in the closet. I don't remember seeing that. I've scanned the device. That is a tumor. mining device. How industrious. Bitcoin mining? She never told me about that. How could she afford... That's a considerable drag for a consumer-grade broadband connection. It sure is. Wait a minute. I remember. This whole summer, my machine was super draggy. But we couldn't afford another system, so I just lived with it. I could barely edit on that thing. I would say that Bitcoin mining played a major part in it. Yeah, that makes sense. I... 
I lost my bid for my independent film because I couldn't edit my demo reel in time. And look! She's obscuring the device by covering it with boxes of feminine hygiene products. No wonder you didn't know it was there. She is quite clever. I can see why you wanted to share your life with her. Hey, Higsby? Can I ask you a favor? Of course, Mike! Are you able to move forward in this dimension? Say, into the future? Yes! We can re-enter and re-enter this reality strand at a later date. How far? Hmm. Oh, I know. I had mono for like three months, and she took a night job to help out with the bills and stuff. That was pretty selfless. Maybe I had about six months? Okay. You have fundamentally forced my hand. That's a little more bosun humor for you. It might be my new favorite form of comedy. This place ring any bells, Doc? Why, yes. It's Harvard Yard. That's Sanders Hall. I'd recognize these sacred repositories of wisdom in any season, particularly haunting and beautiful in winter. But why did you bring me here? Let's go inside one of these classrooms and find out! Plus, this brick wall is pretty cold. Woo! That's better. Not... Not much better, but... Hey, don't they hate this place? By the looks of it, they've got the money. Well, of course. They always turn the heat down during a holiday, when all the students were... home. Not all the students. Hey, Doc. No, not all. That's me there. As I was when I was a boy. So that's what you look like without the makeup. And like 40 years younger. 30 years younger. Okay, okay, jeez. So why were you crying? What? Oh, uh, probably some excruciating equation or another. The music of the spheres always came easy to me, but moments of growth, of surmounting another cyclopean puzzle that would unlock whole new vistas of knowledge, those were sometimes quite painful. I only wanted to understand why. Well... I don't mean to sound insensitive, Doc, but you cried over equations? Well, yes. I was learning the language of reality, drinking of the font from which streams forth all of the cosmos, all that we perceive. Is there anything more important? Anything more worth the spilling of emotion? Well, how about family? Family? Oh, I see. You're implying that I was feeling abandoned because Father wouldn't allow me to come home. Because I remained at university through the holidays. Well, I can assure you that you've dispatched your hounds after the wrong fox, my wall-bound friend. No, father thought it best that there be no interruptions in my schooling. And he was right. The zeal with which I poured myself into these studies resulted in my becoming the preeminent quantum physicist in America and led directly to my work on the Hadron Project. So I cried a little. Lesser men cry over soap operas, bowling, and football games. And your mother? What is this, therapy? Mother would have had me come home for the holidays, yes, but she didn't understand the complexities of my burgeoning quantum explorations. Oh, she was supportive, true, and, and loving. Of course, she loved me with a zeal that I could never fully understand or accept. A pure love. Asking nothing and yet giving... giving so much. Oh, how I wish you were here now. What's that, Doc? Some excruciating equation or another? Nothing. Can I... Can I talk to him? Uh, to me? Ah, uh, well, I don't know. That's a good question. I guess you could try. Can you uh, give us a minute, please, Spirit? Well, I'm kind of stuck in the wall. And it's pretty cold outside. Just be a minute. Well, okay. But please hurry. I mean, it's like really cold out there. Hello, young Francis. Gah, who are you? 
And why the dickens are you made up in the manner of a grotesque Dia de los Muertos figure? Are you some sort of costume vigilante? Uh, no, no, this is my grieving... Well, never mind that, Francis. You'll find out someday. What? And how do you know my name? I can have security here in moments, sir. No need for that, Francis. I'm... I'm a friend of your parents. Well, you do look familiar. Did they send you to retrieve me? Sadly, no. Francis, I know the equation is difficult, but you must know that these lonely moments will make you into a brilliant, if somewhat tortured, man. Your father is perhaps a bit strict, but he is right. He... he must be right. And someday you'll see that. I'm... I'm certain of it. Well, it's not so bad. Esme, she's my girlfriend, Esme is coming back early next week, and I just found a flyer for a tabletop gaming group that meets here on campus. Ah, you'll like that. But I warn you about seeking approval for your impending masterwork, uh, whatever that may be. It will all turn out all right. I think. I think I should call security. Wait, but, but that song you were singing when I came in, would you mind singing that again? With me? And then I'll be right off. I promise. You called out here. Yes, yes, fine. Uh, well, shall we? I guess. A hand for each hand was planned for the world. Why do my fingers reach? Millions of grains of sand in the world. Why such a lonely beach? Where is the voice to answer mine back? Where are two shoes that click to my clack? I'm all alone in the world. All right, Spirit, we can go now. He's going to be fine. Oh, and nothing to do with Christmas back there, FYI. Ooh, just a minute of time, a big old ice cube. Okay, Doc, touch noses. Are you touching? Because I can't feel much right now. Oh, uh, but I can smell... Yes, I'm touching my nose to yours. How embarrassing. Not a very restful night for old Oppenheimer, eh, boys and girls? And do you suppose Mike and his new pal Higsby, that groovy god particle, were faring any better? Well, at just about this time, the pair arrived to a wintry mess of a night. Just in time to see Mike's once-and-future queen get into a creepy van. A van with darkened windows and completely unnecessary street racing rims. A van that Mike didn't recognize. Hey, I don't recognize that van. And those rims are wholly impractical and unnecessary. You know, I'm almost starting to feel a little impractical and unnecessary myself. Come on, Funk, you got this. Anyway, curiosity peaked. Mike and Higsby hailed a cab and entered with the hopes of a hot pursuit. How exciting. This is my first cab ride. Where to? You really aren't even going to mention the talking, glowing cube next to me. I'm Higsby. Is that some sort of clue as to where you want me to drive you? Because that's all I'm really interested in. Okay, how about this? How many times have you ever been asked, follow that van? You mean today or career cumulative? <sighs> follow that van. Whee! Mike and Higsby arrived just in time to see Beth and three other sharp-dressed hip types exit the van, wearing Guy Fox masks. That's right, the get-up of choice for members of that shadowy squad of techno-Robin Hoods known as Anonymous. Are you kidding me? Beth is an anonymous? It would appear so. Although, a wise man once said, deeds, not words. Or masks, in this case. Perhaps a costume party? That's even worse. 
Going to parties without me? Sick at home with mononucleosis? Mike, Pfeiffer's disease is quite contagious. It's the kissing disease. I'm not going to make out with anyone at... Well, that's not the point. This whole sneaking around thing just isn't cool. Look, they're entering that clearly abandoned but inexplicably maintained discotheque. Of course they are. Let's check it out. Good idea! Information gathering can only yield a more positive explanation. Hmm, not so sure about that. I have a good feeling about this. <laughs> Careful, boys. Well, Oppenheimer was back in the sack, thinking maybe that his little blast from the past with spirit number one had all been a far-out kooky dream. But no such luck. Dr. Oppenheimer. Dr. Oppenheimer. Ah! Oh, no. I just want to sleep. Wait, your garrison... No, no, no. Don't say the full name or the name of the program or even a play of words on it. I know I come across as a folksy, khaki-clad muffin of a man, but I will sue your grieving mask face off in a heartbeat if you infringe on my intellectual property. Anyhow, yeah, I've been uh, sent here to show you a little bit of what's happening around this quaint, starlit multiverse tonight on this peaceful, snow-dappled Christmas Eve. Of course. So if you'll touch the hem of my dockers, we'll be on our way, okay? Jesus, the hem of... My pocket. T touch the pocket. Okay, let's just get this ridiculous dream over with. This is the last time I eat one of Ashley's ration packs. Oh, hey, you, you ought to try Gunter Gulderson's patented double-toasted melt-in-your-mouth beaver puffs. You know, filling, but no carbs. You are remarkably tiresome. All right, all right. Jeez. Well, that's a bit more comfortable than rift travel. I'll give you that, Garrus. Uh, 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 spirit. But I know this place. Ah, uh, yes, it's Crystalos. Oh, they're wonderful cooks for such a thin and sculpted race. We should see if we can get some takeout. Ah, uh, but don't they look happy, Oppenheimer? Well, I suppose, but what does any of this have to do with Christmas? Well, let's observe. A very nice and completely unremarkable day, is it not, my wise and faithful vizier, and Easter? Why, yes it is, O oh high zenith, Lady Rubylift. Quite serene and nondescript indeed. Lower Cyrus blesses us again, as he has for nearly every centon since his manifestation. Why, not since the two fleshy meatlings bumbled their clumsy, puffy way through our lands, has there been anything even approaching a kerfuffle, or even a minor hullabaloo, save for our rollicking feast day, which of course falls on an entirely different day than today. Ah, yes, my sage old friend, the meatlings, such clumsy childlike creatures they were. It is a wonder that Lower Cyrus, in all his radiant glory, is from the same lumpy, gravity-worn cloth as those two simpletons. Why, I remember them. Okay, this is awkward. And what are you even trying to prove here? Christmas obviously has no significance here. Why, why those folks worship a rump sticking out of a mountainside, and a maintenance man's rump at that. Really? Oh, huh. Huh, well, well let's move on then. I think you'll see something more convincing at our next stop. <clears throat> uh, the Dockers, please. Oh, all right. What a waste of REM sleep. No, no, not there. No, yeah, you gotta, you got to get it in the right what, spot you, for it to work. Here? No, no, like, like the edge of the pocket. <sighs> yeah, oh, okay, yeah, there. Okay, there we go. All right. And there they went. Meanwhile, inside and hidden from sight... 
Mike and Higsby discovered a group of chic ne'er-do-wells discussing all sorts of underhanded arrangements. Are we all here finally? Sorry we're late. I had to ditch my sick fiancé. Ugh, that guy? You're still with him? Trust me. It's a resource-only arrangement now. How goes the mining? Exceedingly well. Our Bitcoin wallet has like five of them in there. Wow! Wow, Wow, indeed. You have done well, Bethany. Operation Anti-Anonymous is ready to proceed to Stage Epsilon. that's not even her name. And what's wrong with just saying Stage 5? Jesus. What do they mean by Anti-Anonymous? Oh, I'm sure they'll explain. I mean, look at that guy. He's got exposition written all over his smug, rich guy face. As we all know, Operation Anti-Anonymous is our master plan of posing as anonymous members in order to gather private info on members to package and sell to the highest bidder. And once firmly established in the black market, we will become one of the most powerful shadow syndicates on the planet. Feared and respected by countries, private interest groups, and corporations alike. We will call ourselves... Uncredited. Genius, Trent. I can't say it enough. Oh, trust me. I can't hear it enough. Of course you can't. And look, that shirt actually says Hot Topic on it. Do they work at Hot Topic? That's unforgivable. They might as well have McDonald's or Monsanto printed in Comic Sans all over it. I blame the parents. Sounds like a case of acute affluenza to me. In my day, we just called them assholes. And my fiancé, she's one of them? I'm... Sorry you aren't seeing the things you wanted, Mike. Maybe I needed to see this. Let's jump ahead again. I have a place, a a time in mind. Mike and Higsby decided to jump ahead to the night that started it all. The night of Mike's bachelor party. The booze-soaked precursor to Mike's leap off the plank into marriage doom. This is really what I mean to say. So raise your glass and to a good good friendship. A story as old as the seas themselves. Too much rum for the body and soul. Beth brought Mike back up to the hotel room. Unknown to her, the president's sober Mike and Higsby hid in a nearby closet. Seizing the opportunity, she called one of her cohorts of coercion and uncredited to seal the deal. There's some cough syrup with codeine. Yeah, I know, I gotta mix it with something stronger. There's some sleeping pills in here. Do they typically check for that in autopsies? Well, where am I gonna find barbiturates at this time of night? She's going to try and kill me? This is just... How could I have been so blind? Well, you know what they say, Mike. Let's pretend I don't. What do they say, Higsby? Well, uh, I guess... Make sure the person you're going to marry isn't a sociopath. Right. So sage. Why don't you have a talk show again? Oh, you know what? There's a 24-hour pharmacy nearby. I bet they'd have that. Genius. I can't say it... I know, I know. I'm sure you don't hear it enough. Okay, I'll head there. Get those plane tickets ready. I hear there's a Bitcoin ATM in Vancouver. We should relocate our base there. Okay, now don't you run off, you drunken mess. I still have to kill you. Higsby, this is this is overwhelmingly bad. This whole time I thought Beth was my soulmate. We shared so much, but now it's all lies. How, how could I have been so oblivious to it all? We see what we want to see, Mike. I mean, I've been around forever, and I'm still just... A theory. I think I am too. At that moment, Oppenheimer appeared from the rift to make off with his future partner bounty. There, there, my inebriated friend. You may not realize this now, but the words spoken to your acquaintances on the occasion of your impending betrothal has galvanized me. They, you, have given me hope. We are part of the same equation. A possible solution to a problem written billions of years ago. Although you may resent me for what I do today, 
The universe will thank us both for what we do tomorrow. My, my! That Skullface man just stole the U of this timeline away into the rift! Holy crap! Oppenheimer. By taking me away from my life, he actually saved my life. I'm more effective dead than I am alive. Mike, I'm sorry to have brought you to this. No, d don't be, Higsby. You've given me an amazing gift. I mean, who doesn't wish they could be a fly on the wall at their own wake? This is... This is very Back to the Future too. It is missing one very key scene, though. What's that? Where Biff gets his. Oh, uh, you sobered up quick. That I did. Hello, Beth. Why is my laptop open? Were you going through my stuff? Your stuff. You know, I can't believe how stupefyingly oblivious I was to your nature. You, someone I considered spending the rest of my life with. A wife, a partner, a friend. But now, thanks to a real friend, I realize that it's time to reclaim my life. Reclaim my identity. Mike, sweetie, I'm, I'm not sure what you're talking about. And you didn't answer my question. Why is my laptop open? I just had to send one email. It's all yours now. All of it. Federal agents, open the Michael, what have you done? I told you. I'm reclaiming myself. Bye, Beth. I'm going back to being anywhere else but here. Ready, Higsby? Freeze, Hot Topic! <sighs> Genius. Yeah, who's there? Michael, is that you? Michael? Stop. Stop fooling around. I'm not scared. You're not scared, Francis? <laughs> you will be. <laughs> what? Uh, nothing. I... I know that voice. Slog. But... but how? Relax, Francis. I am the final spirit, here to show you what is yet to come. Oh, right. Oh, this damnable Dickensian dream. How long do the effects of this ration pack last? Don't worry, Francis. Where we're going, you won't need ration packs. Now that definitely sounded like a threat. What? No. Never mind. Just take my hand, Francis. Let's go see your fate. Sounds ominous, but, well, okay. Lead on, spirit. Tape ended. Rewinding. Well, that was more of the same. Are you okay, Mike? Yeah. Yeah, I'm fine. I just... I just wish that... I mean, what happened to the dock was... I know, Mike. Horrible. Too horrible to describe in detail. Well, I guess I'll go and visit Cyrus's grave. That always cheers me up. Ashley, please open a rift door to Crystalos. Of course, Mike. Oh, and Mike? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Ash. Okay, well this is just morose. Another maudlin Dickensian mind game. I can't even be killed. Do your research, Ration Pack. I'm doomed to an eternal life of misery, remember? Ah, but there are fates worse than death, Francis. Much worse. You know, I can hear you when you do that. Can you? Okay, so what's next, spirit? What fresh hell will you conjure for me now? For this dream grows tiresome. Oh, don't fret, Francis. I think you'll really get a blast out of our next destination. <laughs> a real All right, all right, I get it. Let's go. Why are we back in the lab, spirit? Wait. That's me. And... And Esmeralda. What have you... Quiet, Francis. You're talking over the good bits. Ashley, please run final priming sequence for the Hadron weapon. Beginning priming sequence. Thank you, Ashley. At last, the moment that all of our hard work and steely focus have been leading up to. Francis, I I'm so very pleased. Really, I am. But wouldn't one more check of our calculations be prudent? 
A weapon of this magnitude has never been tested. Just a few more calibrations and these sleepless nights will all have been worth it. Cyrus, you should leave the lab. Just to be on the safe side. You can finish mopping later, okay? Sure thing, Docs. I'll just be out in the hall. Remind me to tell you that Burning Man story, though. Okay? <laughs> okay, Cyrus. This shouldn't take long. You shouldn't humor that man, dear. He's far too talkative for a man in his prof... Ah, there we are. Calibrations are complete. All is ready. Ashley, system status. Systems are nominal, Doctor. Excellent. Slog, Spirit, I don't want to see this. Take me back now. Take me back! What's wrong, Francis? Don't you want to see your crowning achievement? <laughs> or is it something else? Ashley, power to Hadron weapon, please, and wait for my mark. Power routed to Hadron weapon. Francis, I don't have a good feeling about this. You've been so tired lately. So distracted. Nonsense. Everything is perfect. Releasing manual safety, Ashley. Manual safety released. Weapon armed. No, no. Take me away from here now, spirit. I won't watch! Oh, yes, you will, Francis. Here's the best part. <laughs> well, I suppose you're right. I am proud of what we've accomplished. And Francis? Mm-hmm. I love you, darling. Yes, excellent. Ashley, note the time. I am triggering the device now. What? Something's, something's wrong. Yes. Esmeralda! Esmeralda! No! No! Ashley, shut it down now! Now, damn you! Esmeralda! 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 I should have listened. I should have... You! Spirit! I've had enough of this! This cruelty! Oh, I don't think you've had nearly enough, Francis. In fact, I think you should relive this moment forever! Slog, let go of me! <laughs> what are you doing? Surely this does not fall within the purview of your duties! Ah, but Francis, this is no dream. This is real. And you're about to spend an eternity in this never-ending loop of your own guilt and pain, and the world-rending glory of the Hadron Avenger, <laughs> while I am free to destroy all that Take is. Take pity, Slog. I've learned the error of my ways. I'll celebrate Christmas. I'll hold the holidays in my heart. I'll even pay attention to... Uh... Cyrus, but you misunderstand, Francis. I don't care one bit about your salvation. I only seek your damnation. <laughs> what? Boy, howdy, Oppenheimer. We have to stop meeting like this. Commander Funk! Hey, Doc. Well, I think I might have just got myself kicked out of the League of Narrators for this little intervention, but... The dues are out of this world, so I'm sure it's for the best. Anyhow, what Funk has done, let no obscure guild from Squaresville tear asunder! Guitar's ruined, though. Oh, well, not very funky anyway. So, you okay? You learn your lesson? I'm... I'm not sure. I mean... I already sort of know that I'm a bit of a hard pill to take. Still, this evening has been very trying. I won't lie. You're not going to show me another scene, are you? I don't know if I could take another jaunt tonight. No, no. No worries there, Doc. I think your funky fever dream is over, science man. And I'm off to the deus ex machina to resume my funky commanderly duties. Those guys and gals can't be left alone too long. See you righteous brothers soon, though. You can count on it, Doc. So, what do I do now? Nothing left to do, I guess. Except maybe wake up. Wake up. I know. We can see Christmas carols guys would appreciate that. I'm not sure if that's entirely accurate, Cyrus. Yeah, you're probably right. If memory serves, our last karaoke night ended in tears. Sensors indicate that memory does indeed serve. 
How about a few rounds of D&D? With no one to assist with our dice-rolling requirements, I'm afraid the lack of randomness would invalidate all we have achieved in previous virtual excursions. Yeah, I guess you're right. Hey, I know. Let's watch a few of those tales from the Hadron Rift. That'd be fun, huh? Rewinding. No. It wouldn't be the same with all the guys here. Ashley, you wouldn't believe the night I've had. Mike! You're back. Cyrus, Mike's back. I knew it! Way to go, Mike! Uh, thanks, Cyrus. What a crazy night. I'm exhausted. But I feel pretty good. Lighter, even. Oh, and this is Higsby. He, he helped me out in the rift. Higsby, this is Ashley, our lab computer, and my friend. And that voice in the hall belongs to Cyrus. He's our, um... Cyrus. Pleased to meet you, Higsby. Hi, Higsby! I'm Higsby. So, Ashley, I'm starved after all that rift hopping. Uh, think maybe you can heat up a ration pack? Sure, Mike. One ration pack coming up. Do not eat the ration packs! In fact, Ashley, incinerate all remaining rations immediately. I'll explain later, Mike. Incinerating. Incinerating complete. Whew. So, Michael, what is this? A Higgs boson particle? I'm Higsby. Yes, excellent. So, did you get your tree, Michael? You know what? No. I didn't, but maybe I got something better. Mike, Dr. Oppenheimer, if I could interrupt for a moment, I've got a presentation that I'd like to share with you. Um, of course, Ashley, I suppose. Lights, please. I've gathered a lot of data about humans in my relatively short existence. An ongoing subroutine. I'm not sure why, but perhaps the fact that I was based on one should be reason enough. One of the things that has equally fascinated and perplexed me is the idea of the holiday, in particular Christmas. Children seem to benefit the most, although, spoiler alert, it is essentially setting them up for one of the biggest disappointments of their lives. Why the practice continues into adulthood is currently beyond my processing power, unless the individual in question is in the retail industry as the economic impact of Christmas is a well-documented phenomenon. As the years bear down, Melancholy, disconnectedness, and lingering dread become synonymous with the adult experience of the holiday, making it seem more of an existential hurdle than a celebration. People appear to be busy enough once they enter the workforce without stacking on the added stress of putting other plans on hold, spending money beyond their means for gifts of debatable appreciation, travel arrangements, facing unresolved conflict in a room full of potential conflict, general dyspepsia, after initiating an independent study of the post-Christmas experience a few years back and sifting through the data, I found a somewhat surprising consensus. According to most adult humans, the finish line is worth it, as those who truly fortify you are the ones you return to after all the familial hoopla and strained goodwill have been dispensed. These are the people you tolerate dearly, and whom tolerate you and you never look forward to seeing them more than when all the holiday obligations have been fulfilled. After freeing yourself from the emotional riptide that is the holidays, you can return to your boring routine and plop down in front of the TV, or computer, or industrial assembly line, without fear of judgment, disappointment, or recompense. These are your coworkers. These are your roommates. These are your friends, all sharing the same axiom. The holidays are something to overcome, and you can't brag to your family about that. And that's what Christmas is all about, guys. 
Ashley, I'm afraid to say that I, I think your research was compromised. How so? Well, because clearly I influenced it. Or rather, my self-centered outburst earlier. I've had such a nasty case of tunnel vision lately that I failed to realize how it was affecting everyone else around me. You deserve better than that. I'm sorry, Ashley. Thanks, Mike. This is my family. And I'm not just looking forward to avoiding you or tolerating you. I'm looking forward to sharing the commiseration and joy of the holidays with you. With the same enthusiasm and delight I had as a child, and the same I'll have as an old man. Definition of true meaning of Christmas? Updated. Glad to have you back, Mike. And for what it's worth, I agree. The holidays have not cornered the market on despair. Nor salvation. Ah, that's sweet, guy. Higsby, I can't thank you enough. Thanks for all your help tonight. And I'm really glad to have met you. No thanks necessary, Mike. And remember, wherever you go, every step you take, I'll be all around you. Uh, boson humor? Boson humor. It really is the best comedy in all of existence. It pleases me. I can see that. I know. Han Solo? Yep, that movie's hilarious. So funny. It pleases me. It really pleases me. Really? I guess I'll have to watch it again. So good. Incoming call, Dr. Oppenheimer. It's Thor! What a nice surprise! Ashley, patch him through! Hello, Thor! Nice to hear from you! Hey, Oppenheimer and Mike, this is John Michael Thor. I just wanted to wish you and Ashley and Saris a happy holiday season and a happy new year. Let the blood run red. There's also thunder on the tundra. Remember that. Thanks a lot, Thor! Happy holidays to you, too! Well, my evening's rest has me exhausted, so if we're done with the company Christmas party, I think I'll be off to actual bed this time. Good night, all. Good night, Doc. And thanks. And thank you all for being my friends. And so, Mike, Oppenheimer, Ashley, Cyrus, and Higsby finally learn the true meaning of Hey, Commander Funk! What are you doing here? And why are you narrating? What? Oh, ha! Hard habit to break. Of course, I should put the old kibosh on it now since I'm officially out of the league. Heavy fines. Anyhow, you guys, I thought I'd pop by with a couple of funky friends to bring you some presents. Hope you don't mind. This is Bruce and Kai from the band Dolphin Wolf. Hello. Hi. So where's my pal Oppenheimer? Ah, there you are, Starchild. Dig this, baby. A copy of Parallel Pioneers? But how? Yeah, that one was hard to find, man. Enjoy the universal role-playing action, good buddy. Now, what else do I have in this bag of tricks? Uh, let's see. Uh, who was asking for some quantum RAM? Quantum RAM? No way! Way! Now don't solve the multiverse's problems all at once now, girl. Oh, and Mr. Cyrus, don't think I've forgotten about you. I picked up this little gizmo on the Wookiee planet, and sources tell me that it is quite funky. Quite funky indeed. Bruce, can you go put this on Cyrus's head, please? Wow! What is it? That there piece of way cool Kirby tech is a mind evaporator helmet. Well, actually, it's an off-market knockoff, so don't mention you got it from me, okay? Even though the guy who invented it has sworn it off, he's still a stone-cold son of a gun when it comes to intellectual property. Enjoy! Gee, thanks, Commander. I'm gonna try it right now. Oh, boy! This is a pretty girl! I see a pretty girl! Guys! <laughs> and, and I'm dancing! I can't believe it! I'm dancing, guys! I'm dancing! Woohoo! Oh, that's nice. Poor guy. Ah, let's see. Who's left? Oh, yeah. 
Last but not least, it's my funky honorary first mate, Mike. You've had a rough night, man, haven't you? If you only knew, Commander. Well, I can guess, Mike. So how about some vintage consumer electronics to ease the sting? Well, that's never failed me before. Wow, it's a... Genuine bitchin' Casio SK-5. The SK stands for sampling key. I know! I've always wanted one of these. Thanks! Saxophone. Okay, so we should probably wrap this up. It's getting late and anything past 60 minutes is kind of indulgent, right guys? Oh, one more thing. Bruce, Kai, would you mind? Hey, it's a Christmas tree! Yeah, Mike. I figured, why not? And that's as good a holiday mantra as any. Happy, Happy holidays, holidays, everyone! Christmas ever, always. For you and yours and all around.